She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. I was like, I just want to touch you, that's all. And he was like, yeah, that's not what you want. Silverado. You can just take that gloating face and put it away. No, I'm usually the one fumbling words. That's why it's funny. I don't like that answer. Ruby. Oh! Find your people and treat each day like a lifetime. Hi! Hi! So, um, we just got off of another call. So we've seen each other like just a few minutes ago, but... Um, it was a very important call. We're very uh-huh. important now. We're very uh-huh. important right now. We feel like, I feel like we got upgraded with season two because, um, I mean, besties, we have some news for you. Big um, news. Big news. We just got off of a call with Francesca Zappia or Chezzy. As we're allowed to call her now, BT We're down. allowed to call her Chezzy because, you know. <laughs> besties now right um and uh she is the author of eliza and her monsters and um we covered that book in december and she is coming on the pod in march i know and we're gonna we're gonna be talking she sent us i don't have my copy it's downstairs oh i don't either not not in front of me but she sent us an arc for her newest book Um, i'm really excited about it yeah Cats and Yammer, and um, it comes out in June, and she will be on the pod the March 8th episode to talk to us about Eliza a little bit, Monstrous Sea, and her newest book. So Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I mean, she's way cooler than us. I'm not going to lie. She's She's so so much cooler than us. Like, I honestly, I just want everyone to know that a lot of the conversation with her was just she and Molly talking about being writers and making like this face like this. Where I totally looked like I was just fangirling. Um, it was amazing. It was such a great chat. It was great. It was great. It definitely um, was awesome. Yeah. And she just has a really great point of view on, you know, writing and books. And she's a reader like we are. Like, it's just yeah. cool to meet writers yeah. who are just like. You, you know? can see. I mean, we didn't get into like deep conversations about right. fandoms. But you right. can see she is a fan. She yeah. Loves as much as she writes. And yeah. that is, yeah. and I think that that is a beautiful balance when it comes to yeah. writing. And I'm excited for us to like introduce her to the besties. Um, so yeah, so it'll be in March. Um, March. March I, for her new book. Yeah. To talk about her new book. I, I'm, I'm really excited. So um, Me too. yeah, she sent us arcs. Like I know. We're kind of a big deal now, guys. We're kind of a big deal, guys, if you didn't know. No big deal or anything, but, like, we have autographed arcs from Chessie, so. Word. (laughs) And There it goes. My phone, my camera wasn't focusing. Rude. (laughs) So, um. What's going on with you, Molly? I'm growing onions in the bathroom. Why the fuck are you growing onions in your bathroom? (laughs) First of all, what kind of onions? I need to know that. Okay, so these are. I had onions in the kitchen, white onions, that mm-hmm. started growing on their own, mm-hmm. so I put them in water. Mm-hmm. They sprouted, mm-hmm. and so I peeled them out of the onion, and they've made baby onion, like seedlings. Mm-hmm. So I have six seedlings sitting in water getting roots now in my bathroom because it's where the best light is. Mm. So the, I'm getting them ready to plant. I'm really proud of myself. 
in college, our bathroom was growing a mushroom, but we weren't trying to do that. Not the same. (laughs) (laughs) Not the same. Oh, man. Okay, so, um, well, I'm proud of you for your onion sprouts or whatever. I don't grow things if I, like, honestly, it's amazing my kids are alive. Like, I I don't grow things. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm proud of you. Um, Yay, me! I was really proud of it. Do we want to talk about what we're talking about today? I guess. I mean, that's why we're here, isn't it? (laughs) You know what? Fuck you. Um, I'm pretty sure I have glitter in my eye, which is proof that after 40, you should just not wear makeup with glitter in it. But I'm going to do this podcast with eye glitter. (laughs) She has a scratch cornea next week, folks, Mm -hmm. as an eye patch. (laughs) I'll I'll just be a pirate. It's fine. Whatever. We're talking about this book today. They both die at the end. Fuck that book. Adam Silvera, um, or Silvera, probably Silvera. It's like Silver. Silverado? No, there's no auto at the end. It's just a Silverado. Silverado. Stop it. Um, (laughs) So this book was introduced to me by my friend Megan, who is another best friend of mine. And um, shout out to Megan, who lives in Florida. And I love her. And um, she texted me and said, you need to do this book on the pod and it will destroy you, which is an accurate review of this book. <laughs> it's 100% actual. Um, but uh, so we are covering They Both Die at the End. And uh, I'm going to give a synopsis if that's OK. Let's do it. All right. All right. So this book is an alternate reality where a company called Deathcast can accurately predict the day of your death. Mm-hmm. At 12 a.m. on the day you will die, Deathcast calls to let you know today is your end day. They will not reveal that what will be the cause of your death or the exact moment you will die. They also won't reveal how they come to, have come to know this information, which, which is 100% accurate since the company started. Fucking scary. Uh, right. For Mateo and Rufus, today is their end day. Mateo is 18 years old with a dead mom and a dad in a coma. He has lived his entire life in fear of an early death, so much so that he hasn't really lived. Yeah. Rufus is a 17-year-old in foster care after his mom, dad, and older sister all die in an accident that he survived. Correct. Um, He is living his life to the fullest as one-fourth of the Plutos, the name he has given to his foster siblings. Mateo and Rufus are matched on an app called Last Friends that pairs Deckers, which are the people that are living their end day, with a friend to see them through the end until they die. Um, The story follows their day as they live, love, and die. I, I thought you were gonna say live, love, and laugh. <laughs> no, there's no laughing. They die. I mean, they laugh, but they die. Um, it's in the title. Somebody actually asked me what happens at the end. I was like, um, um, they both actually die. Um, what do you what do you think happens at the end? Because it's okay. called they both die at the end. First and <laughs> foremost, with that title, mm-hmm. I still didn't read the back of the book or the synopsis. I just jumped into it. Mm-hmm. So. I was floored that we're like jumping into death right away. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, honestly, I I really should have like with a title like that. I thought I should have taken it more literal. I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess 
I wanted it to be a hopeful book. Like maybe they break the 100% accuracy of death cast. And when Megan suggested it, I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. You know, they both die at the end. That's a catchy title. Like, I mean, it really is. It's clever. Like you're literally giving away the ending. Um, It's sort of like that book, me, Earl and the dying girl. Like, you know, they're going to die. You know, Mm -hmm. she's going to die. Like that's, what's going to happen. But I, I definitely found myself hoping that they didn't. Right. That was my hope. Maybe they which I un- which I understand, like, yeah. but it it wow hmm. wow. Um, let's yeah. get into questions because this is a deep book, and we it's should talk about book. it. It's a deep book. Um, all right. So Mateo and Rufus have very different reactions to the news of their impending death. Was there one you related to more than the other? I think Mateo. Hmm. Um. As a professional sick person, mm-hmm. um, I do live a good portion of my life, especially post-pandemic, mm-hmm. in fear. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's an unhealthy fear. Sometimes it's an unnecessary fear, fear and it's me just being a hypochondriac and anxiety getting the best of me. Mm-hmm. But I, I get that sense of oh my god i'm gonna die and i didn't do fucking shit yeah i mean i have I to agree that. with you I, rufus's idea that he's gonna seize this day and he's gonna have his best last day to me that's actually we'll get into this a little bit later but that's actually what killed his family ultimately right. like i feel like my reaction would be more like mateo like i don't want to go outside i don't want to do the things i mean ultimately mateo does those things because he's never really lived his life so right now's the time to try it um, I think I would just want to be with my kids and my husband and like, I, I mean, that would be it. Like I, I maybe would text you and tell you, I love you. And, you know, text my text Megan and text on and tell them I love them. But, mm-hmm. um, like I would want to be with my family. Like I wouldn't want to be out and about. And like Rufus's decision is like, not only is he going to be out and about, but he doesn't want to be with anybody else because well, he's he afraid want he's going to. Bring them down with him, right? Right. Well, I mean, they wouldn't die because they didn't get the death cast that day. But I think because he watched his family die, like, he just doesn't want that. Left on somebody. It's a burden. It feels like a burden. But he feels like he doesn't want somebody to watch him die. But he still wants to make a friend to see him through to the end. Right. So um, he didn't also, he also didn't want to be alone. Right. Right. Being with another dead person is. Right. Right. I, I mean, I honestly thought, well, I mean, I guess we can talk about this a little bit later, but I honestly thought they would die together. Right. Um, I really thought that bike was going to be the end of them. I know you did. You kept texting me that. And I was like, mm, fucking bike. the part that they sell the bike. So not the bike. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, spoilers. <laughs> I wasn't giving you any spoilers. No. Um, all right. So uh, Rufus is bisexual. Mateo doesn't disclose a sexual orientation, but we get a feeling that he might be gay or, right. uh, you know, curious. Bi or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Somehow he's into dudes. Um, do you think he accepted Rufus's request in the hope that it would lead him to his first love experience on his last day? No. No? No. I think it was more of um, the way the audiobook reads it. He glances over so fast. So. When the audiobook narrator was reading the bio, I had to rewind to make sure I was hearing it right. Oh. Right? Like, I didn't even hear him say bisexual. I heard bi, and I was like, 
Like, by, mm. like, are, like, are we skipping it? Or is it, like, oh, right. you know what I mean? So, like, it was gl- it was very glossed over the way it was read in the audiobook. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even think that, like, I didn't interpret it that way. I didn't once. I, I It was more of someone I interpreted it as Mateo reaching out to someone who's going through what he's going through. Yeah, I mean, but he did have other offers that were women. There was another woman um, who ends up coming back in the book later. Um, he could have accepted her request, and he chose Rufus. So, I mean, I don't know that he did it necessarily to find love the last day, but I don't think he was leaving that out. But I, I think also Rufus was very much his opposite, and mm. I think that was what a draw yes. drew him in, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about that. They are really that polar opposite, like, mm-hmm. couple. Uh, you mentioned the audiobook. I-, I read the physical book. So are-, are there dual narrators in the audiobook, or does it was it just one narrator? I don't remember. Oh, shoot. Molly, get your shit together. I've listened to four other books since. Yeah, we're kind of, besties, we're uh, plowing through to get right. ahead here. Right. Um- I have plans to have us read some series. So. <laughs> we're, we're like, lost our damn minds in season two. It's like we're shooting for the stars or right. something. Right, and which, I mean, it's great. It's great. There was three narrators. There were three. Oh, okay. So, like, one that did the other people. One did Rufus. One did, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes I, sense. Their voices were very similar because it's all muddling in my head right now. Well, that's so, annoying. They should pick narrators that are different. But anyway. All right. So Mateo and Rufus have a slow start to their relationship that speeds up as the day comes closer to an end. What was your favorite part of their day? My favorite part of their day. Mm-hmm. I like. Okay. This is going to be morbid. Um, when they went to see Mateo's mom. And at the grave, when they went to her graveyard. graveyard. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, now this is also one of the saddest scenes too. Mm. They see they're digging Mateo's Mateo's grave getting dug. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, It was very surreal for Mateo seeing Mm -hmm. his very near future. Mm -hmm. And then there's this moment where they're both just sitting in the grave and bonding. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it felt it was a very real moment mm-hmm. while they did all these fun things and there was a mm-hmm. lot of excitement and they did all this, that real moment, that yeah. moment, like Rufus says it, he's going to have to make the move. That is when yeah. Rufus makes the decision. Okay. Mm-hmm. This kid's into me, but I cannot take this moment away from yeah. him. Right. As much as I want to kiss him and make the right. move part of this day. And it's really the first time we see Rufus putting others before himself. Yeah. And that was a real hinge moment for him that changed everything. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And while it was depressing, that was my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I actually agree with you that scene. And then the other scene that really sticks out to me is when they were um, at the park and they were doing the monkey bars thing where they were like, yeah, the late wrestling. Yeah, it was cute. I think they called it. I do remember playing that when I was a kid, but I I don't don't. remember calling it that. I don't either. Um, But yeah, they were, they were like basically kicking and wrapping their legs Mm -hmm. around each other while they were attached to the jungle gym. And the point was to pull each other down. 
Right. I know. I'm listening. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I, that was really cute too. It was, it was definitely, I think a, a flirty way. Yeah. Like I'm going to yeah. touch your, like, it's what you do when you want to like touch someone, but like you don't want to touch them. Right. Because, like you, you tickle know. fighting when you're right. early exactly. dating. Exactly. Like, exactly. Oh, I still do that with my husband <laughs> that's adorable that is adorable i did that to him this morning and he's like why are you trying to tickle me i was like i just want to touch you that's all and he was like yeah that's not what you want <laughs> <laughs> i mean facts um but also i mean that is a great scene for rufus as well because like he gives his bike away which was yeah, he does and that, which was, and that was big, huge was step for him. Huge for him. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, my mind kept changing his name from Rufus to Rufio, so that tell shows my uh, age. Uh, uh, same. I was like, why Ru- is he? Me. Oh, you know. And Mateo kept. Mateo said that the reason he picked Rufus because he's always liked that name, and I was like, why would he like Rufio? Wait, no, his name is Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still don't understand it. Like that's not a name to be attracted to, but I, I had did it. I such guess. a big crush on that that character as a kid. Oh, yeah. well, that movie was awesome. Like, it was great, awesome. Even though he was a bad guy, it's the first bad guy I fell in love with. He was not a bad guy. He was not a bad guy. He was a not nemesis. The pirates. He was yeah. a nemesis. He was just a foil to to Peter Pan. But um, still, anyways, yeah. And we're anyway. off the rails. <laughs> That's All right, so yeah, one so I, this book, <laughs> I, and I I agree the graveyard scene like I, it was tragic, but I I liked it. I was like I was there with them. Like that was material. You were in period. there with them, right? Yeah. You're sitting in the floor. Like yeah, it, it, it was it was a moment of realism in the mm-hmm. book. That was a conversation in a right. moment we all could have. We w- might not be in a grave, but it is a real moment where they're sharing their truths and their honesty right. and they're being very vulnerable. Well, this book has told us that death cast is 100% accurate, so much so that like the hospitals, uh, the, the doctors in right. the ICU are waiting for death cast to inform them that their, can- that their coma patients are dying. Um, right. Like that's what they're, I mean, they're using death cast as a way to decide to I have. or not to treat, but like the fact that they're digging the graves early, that was what right. did it for me. Well, like also um, the, the hospital thing, uh, they are literally deciding not to treat people because death cast says they're going to die. Right. Okay. What irritates me. Okay. What I'm questioning in that is, mm-hmm. um, there are several suicidal people out there. This mm-hmm. is facts. This isn't me being callous or heartless about this. Mm-hmm. This is facts. Mm-hmm. What if there are people like, I feel like there's can't be a hundred percent accuracy because we cannot predict the human intention. Well, Human intent is not a hundred percent predictable. Well, I I understand what you're saying, but there are two examples in the book of suicidal right. people. So there's the woman who runs the like virtual reality cafe thing, and right. she goes up to the roof to kill herself, and then once again does not kill herself. Um, and then there's the guy that had planned to kill himself and take out a whole gym with him, and he gets the call that day, and he was like, good, because that's what I was planning to do. So both of them were examples of where someone was suicidal. Right, and- but free will has to put in play there, right? Our, our, our choices, I mean, we make split-section decisions, split sec 
split decision choices in mm-hmm. seconds constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no way, it, I, I just, I don't feel like without further information that I know that this could be 100% accurate. Well, I like that the author didn't tell us how they're doing it. Right, I right. Like I like that was part of like the mystery. How I could buy right. into it, right? But you actually bring up something that I wanted to talk about later. So I'm just going to jump ahead. I'm sorry. Um, no, no. Let's just jump to it because, um, so, uh, where did it go? All right. So, oh my gosh, April. What the it's fuck? It's not me this time. It's not me this time. Um, yeah, I don't fucking know what my question was, but I, I what I wanted to talk about was how some of these deaths, in my opinion, it is because they're told it's oh, here we go. Um, my question is, would you want to know your end day? And here's why I'm asking that question, because Mateo's best friend, Lydia, she lost her fiance in a car right. accident. He would not have been in the car had it not been for the fact that he knew it was his death day and he was trying to get home to Lydia. Um, Rufus's family dies in a car accident going to the, a cabin that they hadn't been to in several years. And they because literally pick the him out of the car so right. he doesn't die with them. They all give up, but push him out of the car. Right. They don't even try to fight it. As the car's drowning. Right. And then the Howie guy, the actor, Mal- Malden, uh-huh. um, he dies. Well, I picture Tom uh, Felton. From mm. Harry Potter, as for some mm. reason. That's a good one, yeah. Um, well, yeah, because they kept talking about this fantasy. Malfoy, like, was the, yeah. yeah, that's why. He, I think they actually call him a draconian character, and I was like, hmm, so we're just... Well, knows. Yeah, it's, knows. Uh, anyways. Um, but anyway, he dies in a car accident giving an interview specifically because it's right. his end day. So all of these are, like, direct results of being told it's their end day. So my question right. to you is, do you want to know? Would you want to know it was your end day? No, I'm already paranoid enough. (laughs) (laughs) But but would that help your paranoia to know today's the day? I feel like I am. Okay, so I'm a bit of control freak. Mm -hmm. Surprising. Um, I feel like I would get hyper focused on the fact that I have no control and then Mm -hmm. take life into my own options and just Mm -hmm. do it my own way. Mm-hmm. Which is probably how they predicted it, which is mm-hmm. very meta in a full circle thing, right? But well, I, I don't know. You? I mean, no, I would not want to know. But like Rufus actually says on page 344, I hate to ask it, but I it might be on his mind too. And then he asks, did finding each other kill us? Right. And then what, knowing what we know at the end of how they die, which we'll talk about shortly, um, I mean, it kind of was the reason that they died. I mean, I guess Mateo probably still would have died in his apartment that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Rufus may still have died that way. But I don't know. For me, no. I 100% do not want to know it's my end day. But looking at the other side of it, being the family member of somebody... I've lost my grandmother. We talked about this in one episode. I was very, very, very close to her. If I would have known that her last day was her last day, there's no way. I, I was supposed to go home to, to, to Ohio right. the day that she died. Like, she died the evening of the 28th, morning of the 29th. It was, like, mm-hmm. you know, really late. Um, I was supposed to fly home on the 28th. And she specifically said to me, 
don't come home. You don't want to spend your first Christmas married away from your husband. Tom couldn't get leave because military. And so I didn't come home. And I have regretted that every day, basically, since she died. Because I could have been there. Right. So had I had the opportunity to know this is her last day, I 100% would have wanted that. I would have wanted that. You know, and... And again, we talked about my grandmother and her passing. Um, same. Like, yeah. I hadn't seen Arvina. I had been working so much because mm-hmm. I had been working at the time. I was in my 20s and I was mm-hmm. my early 20s. And I had been working two slash three jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, and I had saw her at Christmas. And mm-hmm. then she passed in the beginning of January, which her passing just actually passed um, her anniversary. Um, Sorry. But I hadn't it. That's not the problem. Uh, <laughs> if I would have known, mm-hmm. I would have probably slowed down. I would have mm-hmm. taken more time. And I think this is a bigger conversation about spending time with your loved ones. Making yeah, sure living you- every day is your last, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I hate to compare it to this, but you know how, like, when somebody gets the, the notice from their vet, like, your dog really needs to be put down. Like, they're Oh, they're I know. Not. We lost and, Jack about a year ago, so. I know. I'm sorry. And, and and you get to spend that last day with your dog. Like, this just happened to my cousins. I I, I hate bringing it this up on the pod, but so it really just happened to them. They, they spent a good last day with Izzy, and then the next day, she had to be put down. Like, to me, that would be worth knowing, that this is the last day spend that with your person, but I don't want to know it for myself, you know? Right. It's more for the comfort of others around you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it it doesn't make it any less hard. I feel like death is hard, period. Oh yeah. Bottom line. And, and we can tune it out and we can ignore our mortality, but it doesn't change the fact that it's going to happen, right? Right. With a death notification or not. It, it's just... Right. And there's but a really great... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. There's a really great quote in this book. It's from... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Mateo that said it. We are all being raised to die. Yeah, it was Mateo. You're right. That's a good one. That hit me so mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. hard. Especially it, in mm-hmm. this whole conversation about mortality. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. we are... We are, I mean, take my oldest's birth, for example. Mm-hmm. While she was alive and I was alive, there was a question on the day of her birth if either of us would survive. Mm-hmm. Like, mortality yeah. even is being talked about even on your first day on this planet. Yeah. Mortality mm-hmm. is, our mortality is right there and it's a yeah. big picture and we're just in your face you have to deal with it and it's just james spent four days in the nicu you know and i mean it's yeah you're right i mean it's it's just i guess i don't think about it in this larger concept because i'm not actively dying like i feel like if i would have been if i were somebody that was actively dying um terminal or something like that not terminal but but I know what you I'm, mean. I'm going a little faster than everybody else. <laughs> that makes me super sad. <laughs> me too, but I've learned to deal with it. Henceforth, the the the, the calmness about mortality. <laughs> and 
um, you know, if I were somebody that had like a near death experience, like I feel like um, I would feel differently about how I do things. But I honestly have always felt I would be one of those people who would die young. Like I just have it in my head that I will because I'm Same. bleak and anxious. Um, but the thought of a 17 year old and 18 year old, like Rufus isn't even going to see his 18th birthday. Like he's right. a week away from his 18th birthday right. and he's going to die. Um, I, I, that's just hard. That's so sad. It, it's, uh, it's a bummer, but um, I think the story is a beautiful story. Like I right. feel like this is one. Um, I don't know that I'd ever reread it because I know what happens now, but it is definitely oh, one I would not, recommend to other I would people. Recommend this book because it is such a beautiful story and it's mm-hmm. heart wrenching. But right. I can't reread this. I can't no. put my soul through that again. No, I literally bawled my freaking eyes out the last like twenty or thirty pages of the novel. So much so that Sam was actually sitting in my lap and he like turned Come around and he's like, you? "Mommy, are you okay?" And I was like, <laughs> "I hate fucking books when it does that. It's beautiful because it's so well written, and that's why we're crying. But mm-hmm. I hate. Listen to me, authors. If you make me cry, just assume I hate you." Have, have you, I'm sure you haven't read this book, uh, but have you read uh, When the Monster Calls? No. So it's actually a children's book, um, and it's it's about death. So this uh-huh. boy, a monster appears, and um, it's like in his backyard, and it's made of a tree. And it, it, it it's a whole long thing, but his mom is dying of cancer. Um, and That's depressing. The the book is on a list on like all the lists of books that will make you cry, and I that was one of our pot uh, one of our pot one of our um challenge questions for last year when we we have a book club we've talked about it before yeah. it's it's a thing that's not related to the pod, um and I I had to read a book that will make you cry and I don't know I didn't really want to read the Fault in Our Stars again even though I knew that would make me cry so I looked at lists of books that will make you cry and this one was on there and I thought oh well, you know this doesn't look like it's that long of a read you could read it in one day which I was also trying to win the challenge which I did right. chef's kiss there um and uh I uh I picked it up and I read it in one day and most of the book I'm going I don't understand why this book is on this list and then you get to the last third of the book and I was a fucking mess I was a fucking mess now I have to read it we had we had plans we had plans to go to dinner as a family that night and I was like I can't I can't go. And Tom was like, um, I didn't plan on making food, so what are we going to do instead? And I was like, I don't care, but I can't. I am done. I'm emotionally devastated. Day. I'm in bed. Leave me alone. And my husband doesn't get, like, a- attached to book characters that way. Like, I- I've we watched Up together when we were dating. I- we may have been engaged when Up came out. I don't know. But he definitely cried during Up, so, you know, whatever. But, um like he doesn't understand my attachment to book characters. Um, but it was the same thing with this one. I was, I was destroyed. That was the perfect way right. to describe it. I don't want to read it again. No. Um, but I would hundred percent recommend this book to other people. Yes, absolutely. And if you need a good cry, this is great. Like, yeah. um, and sometimes that's cathartic. And I don't think guys always understand that we do need to cry sometimes, but when um, they're, club and they're writing on the wall and Mateo writes Mateo and Lydia were here and Lydia was here by his side as always I lost it I had held it together and then like he's like as always and I'm like yeah she was she's always there for you so I didn't really 
really like the scenes when Lydia was there and when the other Plutos were there because I just liked the story of the two of them. I mean, it made sense that they all met up, you know, but I didn't love it, that part. But um, I'm sorry, let's get back to the questions. I do think that conversation is going in the right direction, though. Right. Um, So uh, do you think their love affair that it was very brief like they have one day that they fall in love together do you think it was believable is the story like a believable love story yes yes um i mean their deaths just accelerated their timeline Mm -hmm. they had several dates in one day Mm -hmm. right he met his Mm -hmm. father he yeah they they met Met friends families yeah they they took each other to their favorite spots they Mm -hmm. they did things they both loved they learned secrets about each other they did yeah they had a six-month relationship in one day in one day you know there's another book like that i don't know if you've read um the sun is also a star but you have it because it's nicola yoon and you really Mm -hmm. hated the one book i made you read um so that one, it's a relationship in one day. And um, the reason I I've like seen that the one movie. Is, well, it, the movie ending, they changed slightly because it's right. not a happy ending in, in the book. Of and I actually so. like that. To me, that was more believable. Like your kids, you don't fall in love in one day and it, it works out. But right. um, I kept picturing, you're going to think this is funny, but I'm rewatching Schitt's Creek. And so yes. Mateo and Rufus in my head are uh david and uh, patrick like a little Ma- bit yeah like rufus is david and patrick is mateo and um a little bit yeah and but they're kids they're the kid versions of them. right like they're the you know and and um rufus pushes mateo out of his comfort zone and mateo reigns rufus in and you're right they absolutely have a lifetime of a relationship in one day yeah which made this story beautiful it really yes. did um all right, so I want to talk about the side stories. Oh, this story, oh my gosh, there are so many side stories I love in here. The side like, stories. But like everything weaves together. So uh, you you did like it. You liked that yes. approach to the, the story. It's a very, it shows how life's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I don't always like side stories in books. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it derails from the storyline. But yeah. this, this book, it was important because it weaves into what's going on in their world right yeah like um from the gym you know to the publicist all Mm -hmm. that it's very much a everything is it shows how interconnected our world is was there one you were more invested in than the others like one that you wanted to know more about no I kind of wanted to know more about the one that the guy that blew up the gym like I yeah okay yes that that was. Well, I want to know a little bit more about that. That felt very dramatic, just because you were told you could box anymore, mm-hmm. right? It, 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 it felt like well, felt like his a, girlfriend also broke up with him, right? It still so felt like an extreme reaction well, to the situation. I have to give this one one uh, for one of the side characters, the woman who ran the uh, VR cafe that they went to, yeah. Being, being the reason she didn't kill herself was because she saw them walking by and they, the two men walking by and they reminded her of the of the people who came in. It actually was Mateo and Rufus. To me, that was... That oh, that was, was like lazy. Well, it that was lazy. Really stretch. Yeah, it was lazy it, writing it, right it, there. It definitely felt like, okay, this character was there already mm-hmm. and I need a filler here. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But like the rest of the stories really weave together seamlessly. I mean, they're really good. The, right. the one, the one publicist lady, when the guy blows up the gym, because we never get his name. No. When he blows up the gym and she's there, right? She, she thought it was her time. I thought, because there are two women lying on the cement and one's alive and one isn't, when he he talked about his girlfriend having the pretty hair, and one of the things they've talked about with the publicist was that she had the pretty hair, but it's different colored hair. So um, I thought that that was where she was going to die. And then it turned out that he was, that she, the guy she had broken off her engagement with was actually related to the story too, because he was the guy that called Rufus. Right. Well, okay. But also she's not the publicist. She's the writer. Yeah. The writer. I I mixed it up. I was the one that started that. That was my fault. Um, But she's a journalist for some. She's a journalist. But she also thought it was her ex-boyfriend fucking with her. So Mm -hmm. she didn't believe it was her death day. Right. And she almost dies three times before she actually, we actually don't see what kills her, but right, she almost dies three times first. It was brilliant. It starts with Rufus getting that call and, and then the it ends with Rufus dies because of right guy. So, um, all right. So, uh, Mateo talks about his history teacher, having his students write reports, reimagining periods of significant deaths, the uh-huh. plague, the world wars, 9-11. How do you think these events would be different if death cast existed? Thinking, okay, I'm not trying to laugh. Okay, this is really, <laughs> I don't handle, like, I still struggle with 9-11 because I grew up in upstate New York, not right, far from absolutely. the city. Like, like, right, absolutely. Intertwining things, life in general, anyways, without me crying. But I laugh, I am, you know that scene in Grey's where everybody, the, the, the five, uh, the last of the five are sitting down and laughing at George's freaking funeral and they're like mm-hmm. hysterical and because mm-hmm. they don't know how to, I am the laugher. I am mm. an uncomfortable laugher. Uh, I, in situations I should be crying. Anyways, backstory, sorry. Um, but what was the fucking question? Oh my God. How would the, how would these, uh... Oh, okay. I was talking about nine 11. Okay. So, if Death Cast, let's take 9-11 for example. Mm-hmm. If Death Cast called the pilot right. of of that, the first plane. Right. And he was like, well, I'm supposed to be flying today. I'm not going to fucking fly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I feel like major events like that, I'm not going to say preventable, but uh-huh. would derail things like that when it comes historically. Well, I feel like businesses would have had in in your clause in your business there would in your contract there would have been a clause if you're like a pilot that if you get a death cast call you're not allowed to fly that day. Right, I because, feel like that would exist. Right, I feel like because exist. your life affects others' lives. But could right. you imagine like that whole plane getting the death cast call? Yeah, like yeah. everybody in the first tower getting a death cast call. Like mm-hmm. that was so many people. Right, so, so many, many people. people. I mean, and it, it like whereas the plague in the World Wars, um, it wasn't in a concentrated location. That no, many people in one location getting the call, you would know that something was going to happen. Something major if twin if, towers. If, if if two twin towers were the people get the call, right? Yeah, 
I feel like Nash it would kick off something in national security. Like Absolutely. there would like there would be a protocol in the death cast system to be mm-hmm. like, hey, um, we just got notifications for employees for I don't even remember how tall those buildings are for oh. two massive buildings, right? That mm-hmm. are like X, Y, and Z floors right. high. That right. all of these people are going to die. Y'all right. might want to look into this. All right. Well, yeah. And a pilot gets the death cast call. You could maybe have like a bank where they could look up to see if other people who were on the plane also. Right. It, it just feels. Like, um, it feels like there that that in that case, it's it a loophole. Been- it's a it's a plot hole issue. Mm-hmm. It's a plot hole issue because we live in a government that would be hyper focused on shit like this. Yeah, but maybe not because, to his credit, Adam Silvera does put in the book that they've made a decision that because it is so accurate that they're going to accept it the way it is. Right. They don't try to change it. But you're telling me no major terrorist attacks have happened in that realm since this has happened? I mean, I don't know. I didn't write the book, Molly, but, right. um, <laughs> that's what, what I'm saying. Like, no, I mean, I agree with you. You would, you would honestly think that most corporations would have built into your contract. If you get the death day notice, you have to notify your employer, but then Especially since it can affect others. So, but imagine getting mm-hmm. like, Hey, I got my call. You call HR, they flag you as a death day person. And then HR is getting 72 other people that get marked Oh shit, yeah. we need to get everybody out of this building kind of thing, right? Yeah. But if HR only gets one call, 100%, they're just posting your job. Right. Not- right. <laughs> but if half the building's getting the call, and then they're like obviously concerned that something right. is going down. Right. I and mean, then they think about the things that could be prevented, um, like school right. shootings, for example. Right. Like if a whole bunch of kids at the same school get the call. Right. You would think, okay, right. well, maybe this is this preventable. Is have school. Right. Right. Yeah, anyway, I mean, mm. okay, that's getting really that really, got really dark. Yeah, really sorry, dark. gang. <laughs> My bad. Um, all right, so what would be on your end day bucket list? A lot of alcohol, probably <laughs> weed. Molly's going out drunk. I'm going out drunk or high. I, 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 I am not feeling it. That's the bottom line here. I'm not feeling it. Um. <sighs> I would definitely like. I'm an angry. I have an angry heart, mm-hmm. so I would probably call people that deserve to be yelled at, <laughs> i.e., my father, beforehand. Um, that may be the reason I die. Probably <laughs> me calling and yelling at people. Yeah. Um, I would definitely spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want. The stories I'm more attached to, like my my writings, the things I think are good, I would hand over to other authors to finish. Mm. People I know and love. Mm. Because, like... That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other storyline. That's actually a great idea. That, that, there's a that's book a right book there. idea. That's a good book. Her mother dies, and she and she didn't know she her mother was a writer, and now she's found like thousands of unfinished books, and she's just finishing her mother's work for her. Wow. That's a fucking book. You heard it here first. Anyways, um, but I would be. We need I, to like go ahead and copyright that bitch before anyone steals. That is a Molly Biggs original. Nobody yeah. touch it. We're going uh, to with this audio as proof if you write it. <laughs> um, seriously, it. I will sue your ass. Um, 
But no, I think I would, I would more focus on like this here and now. I there, mm-hmm. I, I mean, while I would love to help big picture stuff, I'm not, I'm not important enough to mm-hmm. like do big picture stuff. I'd make sure the kids are okay and give them like yeah. final like lessons I have in my dome that I was saving for when they're older, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would make sure Matt's okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I love my husband dearly, but I really think he would struggle post Molly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, what about um, you? So I, I'm not Catholic, so we don't have like last rites in the Methodist mm-hmm. church, the way that they do in the Catholic church, but I would want to meet with my pastor um, that, and have a chat, um, have some prayer so I can go out peacefully. Um I'm pretty confident in what my afterlife is going to look like. So I, you know, it would just be nice to, you know, pray through that. Um, I would spend time with my kids and with Tom. I would make sure that Tom had lots of lists because I think in lists and I know that he won't do the things if he doesn't have the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those things on the list would be that he. But Death Castle makes sure your funeral's planned for you nicely. Yeah, but it'd be more things about for the boys and for him. And one of the things would definitely be that all three of them get therapy because I think losing your mom at a young age would be just so hard to deal with. And like, um, Sam and I are very close because we have snuggles every night. Um, and James doesn't really understand always how to process things. And sometimes when it comes to, I I don't understand how to process things when it comes to deeply emotional things, he takes it really hard. Like the Mm -hmm. other day, we were doing something for Cub Scouts and he had, he had to do a report on um, Bailey and uh, he looked up how uh, St. Bernard's and, and the life expectancy was there. And I was like, do you know what a life expectancy expectancy is? And he didn't understand, didn't know what that was. So when I explained it to him, he started crying. He was like, so my dog's going to die in basically 10 years. And I was like, Oh, calm gosh, down, Bubba. This is go dark. dark. I mean, but he's a factual kid, and that is what right. the facts say. And right. I get and that. He, and he loves fiercely. So if something he loves is taken away, it's really hard for him. So right. um, I would probably try to call my parents, um, mm-hmm. which is always a hard thing for me. Um, I would really want to call my brothers because I haven't spoken to two of them in quite some time because they've made that decision, not me. Right. Um I feel like there's a lot of things that I would want to do that wouldn't be reciprocated. And that right. makes me sad. But um, that's on them. And the, but, that would be on their hearts the rest of the day. But I have to do the peace for me. Right. You know what I mean? To say, oh, I I'm not making peace. I'm going out on fire. We, yeah. This is proof right here. We are two different human beings. I love your heart. <laughs> and I love the way that you want to fix the world for uh, your your world for others and mm-hmm. I am gonna I mean minus my immediate mm-hmm. I will I will make sure things are if I'm having issues with my mom or my sisters or my brother I will make sure my immediate family is good I will make sure that my husband and my children are okay but if you have scorned me Woo! I ain't got nothing else to live for. Well, there's this movie, and I can't think of the name. And I have one now. person in mind that I would definitely blow their spot up. <laughs> Your dad? No, not friend, friend. Oh, our mutual not friend. Yeah. Oh man, because she's yeah. still talking smack, BT Dub. What? Okay, that's a conversation off pod that we definitely need to have. But, um, but there's a movie, and I can't think of the name of it, but if I figure it out, I'll link it below. No, it's from the 
80s and it was like my mom's favorite movie growing up and she used to use it to throw in our faces but um it's a mom who's dying of cancer and her son doesn't really want to like visit with her and she uh-huh. her son and, and I, her son's probably like a, a teenager or preteen or whatever and she said she doesn't want his greatest regret to be that he didn't spend time with her right at, you know that she that he didn't let the things go basically um and for me that's how i feel too like i would want the people to know like i don't take grudges with me i'm not taking them with me to the afterlife i'm leaving it all here um oh i'm gonna leave it here but i'm gonna sh- set their shit on fire <laughs> i love you so much molly and i'm really glad i'm not one of the people that have scorned you <laughs> <laughs> i i am a big secret keeper you know this like I have, I mean, I have people's secrets, mm. people. I am a person that people tell things too easily mm-hmm. and I, I'm good at keeping those secrets. Mm-hmm. And I, if we're no longer friends and you're hearing this and you have told me a secret, I have kept your secret because yeah. that is who I am. I am yeah. a trustworthy person. Right. But if you try to drag me down in your shit or try to bring me down in a way that has nothing to do with you. It, right. And I have nothing left. And I have fucking nothing left to live for. Uh, like, right. and it's already my day of uh, reckoning. Right. You bet I am going to wor- let your world up. Yeah. But I get it. It, it. Oh, it doesn't make me less hateful. And I know that means that there is hate in my heart. And I don't know what that says about me, but as a person. Mm. But. I, I mean, I think you're a good person. It, I, I'm truthful. That's. Mm. Bottom line. Anyways, let's get off the. I mean, this is a fucking heavy book. Shit. It is. Um. All right. Shit. So, so <laughs> Dalma is the creator of the Last Friends app, and she says that she wants her last message to be: find your people and treat each day like a lifetime. What That's would you beautiful. Want to My last words. I've been thinking about this since you told me to th- like about it. I want to hear yours while I think some more because I've been. I don't fucking this. know. I, I think mine would just be, um, yeah, I, I like the idea of finding your people. That's not an easy thing to do. And I think that's an important thing to do. Right. And I think I would also say, um, you don't, your family does not have to be the people you are born from. Your family is who oh, you make it. Your chosen family. Um, find your chosen mm-hmm. family is a very Absolutely. beautiful message. Absolutely. Um, while I'm sitting here spewing that I would be hateful in the end, um, release your anger. Mm-hmm. We hold, and I well, think that, that would be releasing your anger. You wouldn't be holding it in if you're yelling right. at people. <laughs> right. But I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is, um, and I think it would be something along those lines of release mm-hmm. the anger. We hold a lot of spite and anger. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I'm good with who I am as a person in my life and the things that have happened to me, but there are so many people out there that live angry and spiteful Mm -hmm. and just sullen lives because they are so angry. And Mm -hmm. I think finding a peace, be it in religion, be it Mm -hmm. in a craft, be it in living in the wilderness and leaving others alone, find your peace. Mm -hmm. Release your anger and let other people be. Like, mm-hmm. fuck. Like, why do we have to be in everybody's business all the time? Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, so 
the last question I have is contentious because I don't agree with you on this one. I already know this, so we're going to talk about it. So we know that Mateo, we know how Mateo dies. Right. He is making tea for he and Rufus. Goddamn stove. And he had a faulty stove (laughs) and the stove basically blows up. Right. He catches on fire as part of the stove blowing up. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's killed pretty instantly because of the way he just the fire talking. Yeah. Um, and when Rufus finds him, he's pretty much devastated. Dead. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And Rufus is devastated. But Rufus's death is more vague. I I 100% think I know I have the answer, but you don't agree with me. So, <laughs> so how Not do you, you think Rufus died? I think it's purposely left open-ended so we don't know. I truly you're think... You're wrong, but okay. Oh, you're wrong. I think the... I mean, let's call the author. I mean, we have that access now. We have one author <laughs> in our books. We might as well have all. Um, well, I I think it's it's meant to be that he gets hit by the car of the guy I mean, who called reads, him that morning. But it's also... Uh, it, it was written to be open-ended like that. It is written for you to not know, for you to take, make your own conclusions. And that's I think you can make the argument that you don't know that it was the person who called him that morning's car that he gets hit by. God, but what full circle would that be? It is, it's so full circle. And I think that makes How meta sense. would that be too, man? Like, But it's the way the author has written everything else. Everybody else kind of interferes. So you think it's foreshadowing that we're seeing all these storylines just so we Absolutely. learn how... Absolutely. I mean, that I makes sense. Based with that argument, that makes sense. When he steps off the, the, curve, it, the curb and it says he didn't have anybody to hold his arm back anymore because at the beginning of the beginning of the book Mateo's stopping him is from walking out into traffic that's how he ends up dying he walks out into traffic I think the car that hits him is the man who called him that morning who is now on the way to his fiance's or not fiance's fiance yeah she's at a restaurant that's across the street from the park and that is where he is crossing the street to get to go yeah that's what happens at the end I do not buy into anything else (laughs) okay sure yes April (laughs) because <laughs> i don't want to argue with you about what we assume is happening <laughs> but molly that's we have a podcast you do have to engage with me <laughs> i'm not saying i'm not engaging i'm saying that's not how i interpret it you're saying i am wrong end of discussion <laughs> for the sake of having a discussion what do you think happens you don't think you don't you I think, think it's hit by a car though I think we're not supposed to know what happens to Rufus. Hmm. I think that's the intent of the authors. Like, ending the book there. I think we're supposed to know Rufus dies. We are very, I mean, he says that the death cast is 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. We know that the day is ending. We know Mm -hmm. Rufus doesn't have much time. And... They, he has set it up for to make the readers think that he gets hit by this car. It doesn't mean he is getting hit by this car, but the author has set it up for us to know Rufus dies. And mm-hmm. think about, okay, this is the best analogy I can give you. When you grow up in the country and you have mm-hmm. indoor outdoor animals, sometimes mm-hmm. a cat will just wander off into mm-hmm. the woods and die. You don't mm-hmm. know if they've died. You don't know if they've mm-hmm. just Decided they're moving down the street to a farm, but mm-hmm. it is not always our intent 
to know what happens to everyone. And I think Mm. that's the point of that is we are not supposed to know. I don't like that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it. No. (laughs) I mean, it's true, though. We're not like we can't know the end of every person that's ever crossed our paths. Yes, but I believe there is a clear, like, I believe there's a clear full circle that this author has been building towards. Like, I feel like it's there. And I, it's foreshadowed. I, at the beginning, it's foreshadowed that he steps off of a curb. What's his and name? I'm going to email him <laughs> or tweet at him. Something. He's not going to answer you. When I think you're blowing him up. When, when we have Nurse Katie on again in April, spoilers, we're having Nurse Katie on again in April, and we're reading The Fault in Our Stars, we're going to revisit this book because something happens in The Fault in Our Stars that is 100% like this book. Okay. Okay. okay? Agreed. <laughs> we'll agree to talk about it with Nurse Katie. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to make Nurse Katie read two books. I think she's not going to be happy about that. <laughs> Nurse Katie loves us. She'll do it. She will. All right. So uh, we've got a few minutes left. And um, I was a bad co-host and forgot to actually send you this. But I wanted to talk about my version of this book. It's the paperback okay. version for anybody that... Um, is looking to pick up the physical book. I got this paperback version at the Barnes and Noble. Um, it has extra content, um, bonus materials that start right here. Okay. So this much of the book is bonus materials, which includes an excerpt of his next novel. Interesting. But I, but I wanted to share some of the bonus materials with you. The first thing I wanted to share is just a shout out to all my fellow librarians um this is in his acknowledgments every reader bookseller librarian educator and publishing badass who give us their everything to keep books alive the universe sucks less because of all of you oh that that is so sweet i love that um and then the other things i wanted to talk about um so there's an essay in here by the author called the title what is it the title spoils everything can you see that molly yeah The title spoils everything. So it's an essay in here that talks about his process of uh, writing a book where you've given away what will happen at the end. That's cute. Um, I love that. And uh, this part I want to talk about when he was touring, um, when he was on tour in Denmark, that sounds so fucking cool, um, for the They Both Die at the End, he was asked about his earliest experience with death. Um, he says, and I found myself rambling about being 11 years old in New York city when nine 11 happened 11. and the following and in the following month when my favorite uncle died in a plane crash. Um, I doubt you'd be surprised to learn. I, uh, avoided planes for over 10 years. Yeah. Um, and he goes on to talk about basically like that's his first experience with death was nine 11 in New York city, which at 11, which Fuck. is just crazy. Um, and then uh, we get some more bonus content. This is really cool. There is a map, a mind map of the characters in here. That's nice. And how all of the characters connect together. And just so you know, it does mention that Victor is the one that calls Rufus, but it doesn't say that Victor is the reason that he dies. So it does leave it a little vague there for you, but I'm pretty sure. I'm making right. my gloating face for those watching the, um, listening to the pod, not... I I don't, it doesn't say how Mateo dies either though, just so you can just take that gloating face and put it away. <laughs> and then we also get um, his journal notes. Like, so these are actually photocopies 
of his journal notes. And one of the things I thought was interesting was that uh, Mateo's original name was Wyatt. I like that. He had a, the standard name for Mateo was Wyatt. Um, but you hear that, Mateo, Hank? Hank Green, do you hear me? Right. April, May, not a good choice. Um, <laughs> Um, and, and he writes down, he does the time stamps just like he does in the book. So it follows the day by time. But this is what I absolutely love. The way that he wrote it in his journal, Rufus then sees the park and gets chills. And then I cross the street without an arm to hold me back the end. So he kept his original notes ending for the actual book. And I, mean, I it's thought, a great ending. That's awesome. That's it's a awesome. great ending. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I I think the only thing that was open-ended in this book that I really wish I had some sort of conclusion or answers to was what happens to Mateo's father. I oh, have yeah. the vision of him waking up the next day. Oh, and that just, was tragic. I mean, good just, for him that he wakes up, but can you imagine if you're in a coma and you wake up and your son is dead? dead? Oh, I made you from scratch. I really, I really did. Oh, right. Right. But I really did like the scene where Rufus went to tell his dad. To tell oh, I love his it. Dad about. Um, God, that was devastating. Anyways. Bald through that whole scene. Can we move on to February's books so we can yeah, stop crying? So we're doing a whole different thing in February that's not going to be death and doom and gloom. Um, we're going to do romance novels. And I use that term loosely because we're not actually doing strictly romance. Like, right. As in like bodice rippers or that kind of things. Um, but we are doing all books that have romance in them. Mm -hmm. So our first one, which you'll get next week, Molly's going to show you that one. That's the wedding date um, by Jasmine. What's her last name? Gilear. 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 Um, I don't have a physical copy of that because I listened to the audiobook, but that's going to be our first February uh, read. Mm -hmm. And you'll, you can find all of this on social media, guys. We keep a list on social media. It's pinned in, right uh, at Facebook, TikTok, which um, we did a spice rating for you guys. Yes, we got a spice rating on there. Um, uh, there's also going to be there'll be a carousel on Instagram, so check that out as well. Uh, the set, so that that book that Molly just showed is actually our February first book. Um, then we're going to get into the Kiss Quotient um, by Helen Huang, and this book is uh, on. Uh, February 8th um, and then because this is all over the socials right now and if you guys haven't read oh this book is so it, good oh read it before you listen listen to this make sure you read this one uh, the love hypothesis is uh, going to be on oh, uh, February 15th so by Allie Hazelwood please pick this one up and read it um, uh, also the, it, it, it is so great the, the it is Grey's adjacent so yeah. hard guys <laughs> A friend of a fan of Grey's Anatomy, definitely, definitely. Um, and then we'll wrap out the month with a YA romance uh, on February twenty second. So on two twenty two twenty two, uh, we will read Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell. So this is actually be our second Rainbow Rowell book, um, and that's the first book that I read by Rainbow Rowell. It's a fantastic YA romance. There's not a spice factor to that one, guys. It is PG thirteen, like it's YA. Um, 
So we're not getting super spiced in that. But uh, anyway, uh, that's what we're going to do for February. And of course, we've already told you that in March, we've got Francesca Zappia Chezzy's coming on. Chezzy's going to be here. Uh, Woo! So excited about that. Uh, So I think that's it. We're a little, we're two minutes over, but I think we're good. Um, Anything else? Are we good? Nope. I will see, we'll see you guys next week. All right. That sounds good. I will see you all next week. Keep following us on social media and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and describe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow the book besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.